This podcast is brought to you by Eerie Unknown. If you are hearing things go bump in the night or you're seeing moving shadows, you need to go to Eerie Unknown's Facebook page right now and let them know what's going on. And they'll do a full investigation with all of their investigation tools. Well, the world has still gone nutty, buddy, buddy. Even downright cruddy, buddy, buddy. Wish I missed the past, buddy, buddy. But there's still buddy cats. No, don't be naughty, go meet everybody here on Buddy Cats. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. You know why, Mr. McFeely? What why? day is it? What day is it? Oh, today is a 143 day, right? Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> So before we get to before we get to talking, I'm your host Nick Sorensen, and joining me today is a very special buddy, a good buddy of mine, Mr. David Newell, aka Mr. McFeely from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. How you doing today, buddy? I am fine, thank you, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we're here on a special day, one four three day. Um, yes, yes, for our for, for our Rogers, buddies. and we can get into that later. Just ask me any questions you uh, have in mind. <laughs> yes. So for our buddies who don't know what 143 Day is, could you tell us about that? Well, Fred started it years ago. And uh, if you think about it, it's I love you, 143. And I having one and love having four and uh, you having three, 143. And that was sort of his... his uh, uh, shorthand for I love you one four three and he used it a lot. He would sign letters with it and and use it as in his signature sometimes. But he also told me that he got the idea, and I don't know if it's uh, how if it relates to the one four three directly. But in the summers, Fred and his family would spend in Nantucket, Massachusetts, which is an island. Ooh. And it is a uh, was an old seaport out in the middle of the Atlantic. It's about three hours outside of Boston, an island, and it was a whaling port back in the in the days in the 1900s. And uh, the wives of the whalers would send out signals to the ocean with the lighthouse in one four three. You know, I guess that's Morse code too. So. Mm-hmm. That was a tradition in uh, Nantucket back in those days. And I think Fred maybe got the idea from that. I'm not quite sure. But uh, he did tell me that story one time that 143 came originally from his hearing that uh, tale about the uh, wives sending uh, I love you signals out to their their husbands and uh, boyfriends at sea. That so, is... There you go. Anyhow, that's an additional story on 143 Day for you. <laughs> that is beautiful. Truly, truly beautiful. So, you know, Mr. Rogers was a great example of what it means to be a loving neighbor. What are some of the examples that he showed you for 143? Oh, boy. Uh, oh, there's so many. I think uh, his everyday 
thoughtfulness to people and his politeness and his empathy, that came through just by who he was. Um, I'm trying to think of a, of a perfect, oh, I know. Uh, once, oh, this is going back about 15, 20 years, I had a gallbladder operation. And it was, uh, it was uh, almost an emergency. I had to go in quickly. And uh, mm. my wife went with me, but she also had to take our son to uh, the doctor. Uh -huh. And uh, Fred stayed there until the operation was over. And the first person that I uh, recognized after I came out of the anesthetic was Fred Rogers. And he was there saying, David, everything's fine. The operation is over and you have to rest here in the recovery room for a little bit. And I have to go, but uh, Nan will be back soon, she told me. And that's that's just part of his who he was you know he would visit friends in the hospital he would he was on the board of the children's hospital for a while in pittsburgh and after a board meeting which was held at the hospital he would uh, visit some of the rooms and some of the families and not not go announced he would just go in and mm -hmm. and uh, meet some of the families and children and that's who he was he yes and one four three fits that category just very generically, one, four, three, he, he, he loved everyone. He, he, he started with that, with that one, four, three, and uh, he lived mm -hmm. by that. He really did. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I loved about Mr. Rogers. He wasn't the guy who did it because there's going to be a camera there. So it's good publicity or it's, you yeah, know, okay. uh, I need some, I just need some good imagery. So I'm going to go visit the children's hospital today, you know, visit exactly. a few kids. He did that out of the kindness of his heart. He did that because he knew it's going to brighten the kid's day when I walk in and go, hello, neighbor. Yeah. And even if he weren't a well-known person, he, as Fred Rogers, would have done that, try to visit uh, and, and help. You know, in a way, I think it helped the parents who were in the room more than the children. You know, it, of course, yes. it helped the children, but they were a little some of them were, were, were quite sick and uh, they, they were not, didn't really, but the, it was the parents who, yeah. who were helped by Fred paying a visit to them. And uh, he did that, he did that often. And, and, and one time in New York city, I remember we went to New York city for an event. And while we were there, one of the hospitals in New York, um, children's ward asked uh, Fred if he would come to visit some of the kids. And he said, yes, I'll do it, but I don't want uh, any publicity around it, any photographers, etc." Well, that we did it. And uh, I think there were some photographers that showed up. I don't know how they did it. But the next day on the front page of the, one of the New York papers, there was his picture with children. And it was a wonderful picture, and and but it was not something that he requested. In fact, he requested not to have it. But you know, it was done. It was done. But uh, the important thing about that is that the children and the families got the were, time spread. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, you as Mr. McFeely spending so much time with Red, obviously his example bounced off to you and. 
you know, how as as you as Mr. McFeely, how are you able to example exemplify one four three? You know, I've I learned so much from him, and the one thing I think I learned was one word. People always, as you just asked, oh, what did I, I I learn? And I think if I simplify it down to one word, it was listen. You know, it's so important for people to listen to other people, especially children. You know, when your your child comes in and you're on the computer, you're reading the newspaper or doing something, it's so tempting to say, I'll do that later, I'll do that later. But stop what you're doing and give your child full attention and, and listen to the concerns. And I think I, I learned that and, and I tried my best to do that with my children and grandchildren. Now it's, it, you know, at times you don't, <laughs> at times you, you, you don't do it all the time, but you try your best to sit down and listen. And I think that was one of the most important lessons I learned, and it comes under the category of one, four, three, I think. Mm -hmm. Truly, I personally think you did a great example, considering the fact your son took after you and is now a professional mailman, you know? Yes, he is. One son is. I have three children, a daughter and two sons, and the middle son is an artist, a graphic artist, and our daughter is an artist also, and she has three mm -hmm. children. Our uh, middle son has two, and our youngest son has one. So I have six grandkids now. And uh, unfortunately, a couple of them live out in the West Coast, so I don't see them as often as the ones in near Pittsburgh. But uh, they're all one, four, three to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is beautiful right there. That is beautiful. And you know what? You know, the love between a grandchild and a grandfather can never be matched, you know? No. You're right. My grandfather is the person who introduced me to theater. Mm -hmm. And I was the only grandson, so I guess I got <laughs> a special mm -hmm. treatment. But he uh, took me to my first uh, theater experience. He would take me to films. Uh, and we had a wonderful time, usually on weekends. I would meet him in in. I live in Pittsburgh, downtown Pittsburgh is where all the entertainment was at the time. And I would meet him at the bus stop uh, on Saturday morning and we'd go to a movie or a play or spend the day uh, downtown uh, looking around, but mainly it was going to theater. Well, it was a play downtown Pittsburgh called Harvey, a comedy. And he took me to see that. And that was my introduction to theater. And it was the first one. I was about eight years old, I guess. And uh, after the play was over, I came home and he lived in a different part of Pittsburgh and he put me on the bus. I went back to my home and he went back to his home. And I got when I got home, I recreated the uh, play in myself in our basement. <laughs> I played all the parts. And that was sort of my introduction. And, and going back to my grandfather, he's the one who... Uh, introduced me. And I think, you know, in some way, in some way, that introduction to theater and movies back when I was young probably led me to have an interest in theater and is responsible in some way for me being on uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. So here I am. <laughs> that is truly beautiful. I don't know if I told you last time, my grandfather 
A gave me the name Buddy. Uh huh. He was always I was always his buddy. Anytime he called me on the phone, hey buddy, how's it going? So he inspired a lot of buddy cast. He was always the grandfather that, or he was always the guy at a party who would find out. He wouldn't find the host of the party or who the party's for. He would find the person at the party that's sitting alone, kind of having that look on their face, like five more minutes and I can find some excuse to leave. leave. Huh? <laughs> yeah, something. And he would sit next to them and chat with them and make them feel as important as the person the party is for. Well, and some of that rubbed off on you, I think, right? Because yes. you are doing a buddy cast. <laughs> yes. And hey, I speaking... was sitting alone home this morning, and here you are. <laughs> Damn. There I am. There I am. I left you for a few seconds, but I came back like buddies always do, you know? That's right. That's right. Yes. So when did you start buddy cast? When was that? I started buddy cast in June 7th of 2020. You know, as the as our song says, the world was going nutty, you know, uh -huh. like just all this negativity was going on. The pandemic, um, the um, like just all the protests, all that stuff was just going haywire. And I thought this world just needs a good story, a good feel good. Not just like, oh, someone tells you a good joke and you laugh for the day, but just things to remind people of why they do what they do, why they why they are who they are. Mm -hmm. And um, I decided, you know, I had this dream on my heart. I talked to Jess, my fiance, and I'm like, I want to do something like this. I got the program. I want to hear people's stories, even if it's just talking to the local piano teacher about why they're doing what they do. Let's do it. And she was in full support of it. She became my first episode and we had a blast. And, and here you are. <laughs> it's grown beyond my wildest imagination. How many buddy casts do you think you've done over the years? This is episode 229. Oh, my goodness. Really? Yes. And on June 7th of 2022, buddy cast turns two, and we are having a big celebration. Wonderful. Wonderful. We're doing a live remote at a local business. We're... I'm going to have first lady, we call her the first lady of BuddyCast, Jessica, uh -huh. on the show again. And we're going to do like an anniversary episode. Wonderful. Um, we got a whole bunch of plans. So if you're not doing anything on June 7th, tune in. I will tune in. I'll have to, I'm going to mark that down and, and uh, try to tune in. And I, how do I get the, uh, how do I tune in? What was, what is, what is your sort of handle, so to speak? Yes. So you can find BuddyCast on Facebook. Uh -huh. If you see our logo right there on the uh, top right corner. Yes. If you look for that logo, type in BuddyCast on Facebook. Look for that logo. Everything is live streamed to our Facebook page. Okay. Okay. Yes. June 7th, a big celebration, right? Yes. <laughs> that's yes. not far away. Nope. That's a couple of weeks. 229 yeah. programs, right? Up to this point, up to today. And I've yep. been two of those, right? <laughs> yes, you have. And we're honored to have you as a, as a returning buddy. Well, we we met in Erie when I was up there for Comic-Con. And that was yes. about, uh, when was that, about a year ago? Or maybe eight months ago, something like that. Yes. Yes, that was about, that was October of 2021. Okay, well, uh, yep. here we or are September. again. Yes. And slowly but surely, I think some of the Comic-Cons are coming back. They're not all back yet. Not yet, uh, but they're coming back. They're making they, a slow comeback. They are, and I, because that's a big crowd, and I think they they hesitate to to open up, but mm -hmm. I think eventually they'll uh, yes they'll be back. 
Yes. Anyhow, uh, any other questions about the neighborhood you can think oh, of? Yes. Before we go to that, I have a yes. viewer comment. You can't see his name, but I think you and I have a mutual buddy here, Mr. Tim Bendig. Oh, yes. Yes, he says hello, and he wants me to ask you about Tim and the Canadian border. <laughs> what is what Tim is watching? How does Tim know about BuddyCast? Oh, Tim he met you. He met yes. you in Erie, right? Yes. Tim's the reason you and I are buddies. <laughs> That's right. He was a Comic Con, the Erie Com Comic Con. That's right. We, uh, I, that, I, uh, now I put two and two together. Oh, the Canadian border. We, uh, we're doing an event, a Comic-Con, actually, in uh, one of the Canadian cities. And uh, we had, they stopped us at the Canadian border, just uh, routinely they do that. Sometimes they don't be as thorough as others, but they did it. And they had us pull over <laughs> and uh, check our car. And, and when they when they went and checked all the boxes, it was all pictures of Mr. McFeely, DVDs of Mr. McFeely, all Mr. Rogers stuff. And uh, we were okay. They let us go through. And the irony to all of that is that's where uh, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood began in Canada. Ooh. That was his first uh, television appearance in, in on the CBC. And then Fred brought it back to... Uh, to Pittsburgh, and it went on the uh, PBS uh, service. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll salute Tim. Yes, we will. <laughs> he is a hard worker, and he he's is. got a lot of great ideas. And uh, I hope he gets a few more Comic-Cons for us. <laughs> yes, yes, and he does a lot of hard work, not only with Comic-Cons, like through his business, but he does uh, Steel City Comic-Con Oh yes, in mm -hmm. Pittsburgh. He helps them out. Uh, and yeah. he's a fantastic, fantastic man. We're hoping to have him on the show one day. Oh, he's got business. stories for you, too. He can elaborate on the Canadian border, too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So now, Mr. McFeely, I want to ask, you know, your main role on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was a mailman, yes. being a postal carrier. You know, you've delivered letters to the neighborhood, throughout the neighborhood, I think that's a great way of showing people one, four, three. Don't you agree? I, I think so. And and Fred wrote the the part in. Uh, it wasn't only just a mailman. He it was really more of a delivery man who delivered the mail to and packages and animals from the zoo, an all around delivery man. And and yes, uh, Fred used McFeely in many different ways. And going back to one, four, three, I think he showed uh, children a friendship between Mr. Rogers and Mr. McFeely. There was, there was a, there was a, you could tell we liked each other and we're good friends. And that was true on camera and off camera too. He was a, a wonderful buddy. So to, so to speak that to use your term. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were friends for all those many years. Uh, and really it, you know, I, when I think of things uh, or I, there's something comes up in the news or some event happens, I think to myself, oh, I'll have to ask Fred what he thinks about that. And then just realize that I can't. But in a way, I can, too. Yeah. Uh, in those years working on the neighborhood uh, daily were years just uh, I treasure. And I'm still, in a way, working for the neighborhood. And I'm trying to put a book together. I've been trying to do that for 
a long time. It's not easy writing uh, a book. No, it's not. But I've got a few chapters done and I'm plowing away. I have a lot of notes and unfinished paragraphs and so forth. It's slowly coming together. So within that book, I hope to uh, to tell a story about 143, the lighthouse story and many other stories. So uh, if you have any ideas, let me know. <laughs> Will do. And when you're finished with that book, you know right where you can promote it. Okay. I'll uh, take you up on that one. <laughs> yes. So now, Mr. McFeely, speaking of letters, speaking of writing, you know, to show 143 for our buddies, how can our buddies use that example and write letters to others? Who should they write to? Oh, boy. I, I think you can you, you can um, you can translate that one four three writing into a phone call too. You know one four three can be a, 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 and uh, just recently, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Saturday evening I was sitting here working on my book and the phone rang. It was a friend of mine that I hadn't spoken to for uh, almost a year, and I was so surprised to to. Uh, hear from him he had since then he'd been married and was on his honeymoon and he called back to tell me about his uh, trip to italy and the the his honeymoon travels and and it was wonderful to hear that and it reminded me just as you just did you know i could pick up the phone and call a friend that i haven't spoken to another friend that i haven't spoken to for a while so i think in a way that's how 143 can be used. Uh, just, you know, you don't have to have any purpose in mind except to, to, to reconnect. Mm -hmm. Sort of your own buddy cast in a way, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And speaking of connecting, like reconnecting with buddies, do you still keep in touch with your buddies from the neighborhood? Oh, yes, I do. Uh, uh, in fact, Joe Negri, uh, every so often we have lunch, and Chuck Aber, uh we have lunch and I, I've, I, I, I see uh, a lot of the people who worked on the crew uh, a, a lot around Pittsburgh. And we've, and, and, and as a matter of fact, today, after this interview, I'm meeting uh, some of the staff uh, from the uh, office. We're having lunch. Oh, that is awesome. It's funny you ask that question because, uh, there'll be four or five of us getting together for, for lunch. Mm -hmm. uh, so yes, I, I, I do still keep in touch because they became, they not only were coworkers, but we all became friends as a result of working with Fred Rogers all those many years. You know, I thought I had a job for one year when I started the program. This is when I started on the program. Mm -hmm. This was back in 1967. And, um, I had a meeting with Fred Rogers and I didn't know Fred, uh, a, a mutual friend sent uh, Fred a uh, note about my availability and my experience. And uh, to make a long story short, I, I met Fred for an interview and at the end of about an hour, he didn't talk much about the program. He talked about me. He wanted to know more about me and after about an hour without really talking about the program, but she said, when can you start? And I said, whenever you like. And he said, how about in a week? Here are some scripts. Uh, 
look over the scripts and my job was to find props and costumes and all of that i had about two weeks worth of scripts in front of me here that he'd just written and he said oh by the way by the way i wrote in a part for a delivery man and i want you to play it and that's what he told me he said that was sort of almost an afterthought and said i'd love to do that so that's how mr mcfieldy was born mm-hmm. but a little bit of uh uh what what's what's the word History? i don't know what the, i don't know a little bit of trivia that's the, mm-hmm. uh, the name of the character that he had in the script was called mr mccurdy that was yes did you know that story yes i think he told it to me last time and then right before the show began the producer called and said by the way we don't like that name oh, do he, something about it yeah something. he he didn't say when he didn't like the name the name was the 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 uh producer's name of, of yes. the Sears Robux Foundation president. And they said, a little, it's a little too self-serving. Can you find another name? And he came in the studio and I guess McFeely McCurdy, he he just said, You are now you're now Mr. McFeely. And mm-hmm. and then 10 minutes later I walked on, we did the first segment, and I was Mr. McFeely. And as I left, mm-hmm. I just said speedy delivery, and it sort of stuck, and here I am. <laughs> exactly. But hey, I thought at that point I had a job for one year and it's been now what 50 some years. Exactly. So the golden exactly. anniversary. Mm-hmm. There's one buddy I actually wanted to ask you about going back to the topic of buddies. Did you remember working with a Francois Clemens? Oh, yes, yes. Yes, we're working to get him on the show, but um, Officer Clemens says, uh, you know, I've talked to him in the over. Over Messenger, he says hello, by the way, but um, just wanted to throw his okay. name out there, you know? Yeah, I I, uh, I haven't seen Francois for a while, but I, I, I we talk every so often or email, and mm-hmm. I, I hope you get him on the on the program. He lives in Vermont now. Mm-hmm. I get, you knew that, right? Yes. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's still performing. He's a wonderful singer and does concerts, and he taught... Uh, I think he's retired from teaching now. He taught at a middle, Middlebury, I believe, in, in Vermont. And But I think he still does concerts. And uh, he wrote he wrote a book, too. Uh, it was called Officer Clemens about his, his uh, life story. And mm-hmm. it's out there somewhere. So if you want to know more about Officer Clemens, you can... You can Google Officer Clemens' book, and I bet you'll find it. <laughs> yes. Do you have any personal stories with Officer Clemens, like Mr. McFeely and Officer McClemens interactions or anything oh. like upset or anything like that? Oh, boy, a lot of them. We did concerts together and appearances together, and we had we had a lot of fun. And Francois would be the, the – I would be the host. Well, it starts with, in fact, we did the Erie Symphony. Ooh. years ago and it with when mr rogers and it was a mr rogers concert with fred rogers mr mcfeely francois clemens and betty Aberlin. and i would be the host and introduce everyone and francois would sing a, a, a couple songs that from the neighborhood and one that one of his favorite songs and and then we would all we did the first half hour and then Fred would come out and do the last part of the program. It was a wonderful experience. And we, we, we love those uh, concerts. And uh, to, to hear Francois sing full out in a concert hall was wonderful. And, the, and I don't think the, uh, 
the audience realized, you know, on TV, he didn't he didn't sing uh, full arias or but and when you're in person with someone that has a wonderful voice like Francois, it just it's just so much better than hearing it on television. But he was fine on TV, but he really opened up in a concert hall. Mm-hmm. And there are some of the great experiences uh, that Francois and I have had along with Fred and, and Betty and Johnny Costa, our musical mm-hmm. director. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Truly. The one reason I bring Officer Clemens up is because I remember watching a video of him writing a letter to his younger self saying basically like don't worry about the future it'll take care of itself you're going to experience x y and z you know but it's going to lead to this it's going to lead you're going to meet a man you're going to meet a man who literally changes your life so i want to ask you mr mcfeely as a postman if you could write a letter to yourself to Uh your younger self what would it include today well before i answer that i'm going to cough one time right take your time take your time I did it. Yeah, uh, I'd write a letter. Don't cough on television. That'd be the first one. <laughs> but oh boy, yeah. you know, I think the letter would be. I would do it all over again. You know, to my younger self. When I started on the program, I was one of the work in television and film, as we talked about earlier. And when I got the opportunity to work for Fred Rogers, it really was life affirming in a way. It it was something I wanted to do, but at the same time, the program we were producing really helped children and their families. And I felt that was my re- reward to be able to help. And of course, it was Fred Rogers' program, but I did a lot to support and help him. So he was able to do what he did on television, as did the other people on the, the staff and the other cast members. They all, we all were, I think, Fred was the funnel we all went through, in other words. Uh, we all started as a bunch and the funnel came up to Fred, but our support was down below and ongoing. And I would put in that letter, do the same thing you, you did back in 1967, because I, I love what I was doing. You know, there's an expression, I've maybe told you this before, that uh, when you pick a career, make sure it's something you love because you'll never work a day in your life. You've heard yes. that. Yes. And it may be a little corny, but but it's true. It, it, it you is. Know, I, I, uh, I, I've never worked a day in my life. Of course, I've I've worked. It's hard te- making television's hard work, but you know yeah. what I mean. Yes. But behind all that hard work, there's a reward. You're rewarding yourself, and you're rewarding others by working on a program as as innovative and supportive as uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So. I think I'd put all that in the letter. <laughs> yes, that is beautiful. And you're absolutely right. There's a saying I heard on a TV show that said, a man who works for passion is far richer than a man who works for money. You and, know? And that's true. And sometimes you have to work for money. You, you, yeah. you and, and yes, it's wonderful if the passion and the money can <laughs> come together. Uh-huh. And, my, and, and mine did in a way. You know, I didn't drive a Rolls Royce, but it, 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 
it all gelled. That's where I met my wife at uh, the uh, the the office. She worked in on the uh, in the staff and the production staff, and that's where mm-hmm. we met. And uh, here we are with three children and six grandkids, and it was it was just. I think it was meant to be in a way. You know how I first came upon the pro. I didn't. I told you that last, but I'll do it mm-hmm. again because it'll complete this story. Yes. I, I in the summer of 1967, I was in Europe visiting my cousin, and then I met a friend, and we traveled around Europe a little bit. He was on a, uh, a sabbatical from his uh, studies mm-hmm. and writing a, a term paper, I guess. At any rate, I got a telegram at the American Express office from a mutual friend of Fred Rogers and mine saying that Fred Rogers is taking the program. It was regional at the time, nationally, and uh, he, my friend, gave my name to Fred Rogers. I hadn't met Fred up to that point, and uh, he said, I think you're well qualified to, to interview for this job, and, you know, I told you a little earlier, I, he talked about everything except the job and then said, when can you begin? And, yes. and here I am talking to Buddy on BuddyCast. Yes. And you know, Mr. McFeely, it's been my passion to find a job that I can see the fruits of my, the fruits of my labor, to see the, to see how am I making a daily impact on my job, you know, through others, like how am I impacting others in a positive way? I think BuddyCast gives me that. But I wanted to show you the fruits of your labors, if you don't mind, for just a few viewers. My buddy here, Waldo, we call him Waldo because he does a Waldo impersonation, says you were the reason, you were the inspiration behind Waldo. He goes around, he does, he's this (laughs) awesome guy. He goes around and he dresses as Waldo, like from Where's Waldo, the book. Uh And he, if someone finds him, he gives them a prize. He'll put it on his social media, like, hey, where's Waldo today? And when they find him, he gives them a little prize. It could be a gift oh, certificate. Wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Um, there's someone here who met you five years ago in Florida. Boy, at a Florida Supercon. Yes. Uh, well, uh, oh, that's Tim- Timothy. And the other Timothy uh, was responsible for that Supercon, probably. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's Mr. You know, Tim was on this show or uh, was commenting on this show. You know, we've got all these buddies here who. If it weren't for you, if it weren't for you, just taking that simple role as a postman on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, you know? Well, it's, it's it's been such a rewarding life for me, and now I'm trying to put it all down in a book, so uh, mm-hmm. maybe people who grew up with the program would enjoy reading uh, how I maneuvered the deliveries on the neighborhood. Yes. <laughs> and but, but over and above all of that... Uh, it was it was working with Fred Rogers and learning from him. He was a wise man, very smart. But even above all of that, he was he was care. It was he was really one four three to everyone. Uh, that's who he was. He it wasn't an act. It was uh, he wasn't an actor either. He was a communicator, and he used television in such a unique way. You know, talking one on one to that child at home, and he was he he made television history in a way. He used it in a very positive way. And as you were saying earlier about all the what's going on in the world, and and you were trying to come up with something that 
would be helpful in your own way is what Fred did too. He saw television back in the fifties and they were, they were cartoons and slapstick comedies all spliced together to entertain kids. Now there's nothing wrong with the cartoons mm -hmm. and slaps, but not as a steady diet. He thought children need something more than this. And he came out, came up with the concept of, uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And behind all that, he he, he studied children. There was a, a person one time that came to talk to Fred to get into children's television. And he said, if you want to get into children's television, go and learn about children. And he uh, suggested this person go to the University of Pittsburgh and take their child development course. And mm. the person did. And Lo and behold, came back and said, well, I've done it, Mr. Rogers. And uh, she still works for the program to this day. <laughs> he hired her. So, um, it, but he was very, very uh, concerned about what children see on television, especially young children. And thus came Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And mm -hmm. Just think of all the many people who grew up with that positive programming. I think you did, didn't you? I did. You and and I many did. other people too did too. And uh, I, I still get letters. And in fact, before we connected here this morning, I was answering some letters that came through. I still get uh, fan mail that comes to the, our office and they forward it to me and I answer it at home. So uh, it's wonderful to hear all of the stories that people remember from uh, their growing up in the neighborhood, so to speak. <laughs> yes. Hey, it's always a beautiful day in the neighborhood, you know? Yes. Uh, for the most part. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, neighbors and buddies are very similar. So my buddy Jonas Kane from Hashtag Positivity wants to know, in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? Oh, that, I think it, it's to be there for someone when they need you, or at least have them know that you're always around if they need you anytime, day or night. And, um, uh, I, th I think that's, oh, there's so much more to it, but I think that's capsulized into a couple sentences to, to be there. And I think you're, you know each other that well that you know that they have your back, so to speak. And uh, I think that's, that's a buddy. Mm. But it, it, a buddy is also another word for friendship, uh, family so much so much more i think you you use it in a very generic way right yes yes buddy i mean can mean anything you know yes. from the simple neighbor to the lifelong best friend who yes is one day going to be in your wedding or something you know what i mean yeah exactly exactly yes and, and that, that's i think you you finish my uh <laughs> thoughts for me <laughs> that that is uh that's exactly what I would would have said had I thought of it, <laughs> mm -hmm. but you thought of it. So thank hey, you. Hey, great minds think alike, you know. <laughs> thank you for calling me a great mind. I, I don't yes. call myself that, but uh, thank you. <laughs> of course. So now, just remember one thing: you're not a guest on the show. You're a buddy. 
and buddy it's time for what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question okay. which i'm going to break up into two parts for you okay first part is what is your advice to the world today on one for one four three day Oh boy, the world today! Uh, yeah, I I turned off the news this morning because I I wasn't ready for for it. You know, I don't think we can cure the world's ills by ourselves, but we can try. And I I I think you can do what you can to be a buddy to your own family, your own children, your own parents treat them as as well as you can and and respect them and enjoy them that i think if everyone could do that around the world i think we we would uh, be in better shape um i guess that's mm-hmm. you you can go on beyond that but i think i made my point right yes and the second part i wanted to add on to that What's Mr. McFeely's advice on one four three day? Well, call a buddy. <laughs> that, that, or, 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 yes, as you did, you you called a uh, a TV buddy that you mm-hmm. grew up with, and uh, there might be some people that you've been thinking about who are watching this buddy cast, and mm-hmm. now's a perfect day to uh, give them a call or uh, email them. And, mm-hmm. And, and invite them out to lunch today or another day. Just uh, re- reach out. Uh, you know, we, we did a and I know we're running short on time. When we did a program once years ago on 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 Russia, mm-hmm. and we invited Fred's counterpart from Russia, a woman whose name was Tatiana, to visit us, and he visited her program in Russia, and it was my idea, and I thought, you know maybe countries politically don't get along well, but let's show children that people, no matter where you live, have the potential of getting along with each other. You know, Mm -hmm. our counterparts in Russia, you you know, the buddy cast person in Russia, there must be one somewhere, would Mm -hmm. get along with you without, or me. Let's show children that, that that we can get along. It takes work, but we can get along. And I yes. and I hope that would grow to nations. It hasn't so far. It's getting a little better, but you know, every that's my hope. That's my hope that on one four three day that we can we can reach out mm-hmm. and just just help another or communicate with someone or find out what what's going on in their world. Uh, it's uh. I guess that's, does that answer your question? Yes, it does. And that is a beautiful note to end on. Unless, would you be willing to take two questions from the audience real quick? Yes, if if you have time, I will. Yes, of course, of course. So our audience members are wondering about the show um, Don Quixote, if this question will show up. There it is. Was it filmed in the studio? Well, it, it was, it's a part of its animation uh-huh. and it is done in, uh, it's not done in Pittsburgh. It's done in uh, some of the animations done in Canada, and that's. Uh, but it's based on a a, a puppet from uh, Mister Rogers' Neighborhood, Donkey Hody. You get the you get the 
mm-hmm. you know, and there's another one, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, and yes. that's all animated except for a few little interstitials they they put in, and that's mainly done in uh, in an animation studio, and mm-hmm. Don and Don Quixote and uh, uh, Daniel Tiger are very successful and have a wonderful audience. And you know, you can still get Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Some stations show it on weekends, but it's now available if you get a PBS Kids app. You can get an app and watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood on the computer. And that's how a lot of children are are watching television now on their computer. Uh, and so it's PBS Kids app, and you can watch, uh, oh, about 300 of this Rogers program. So it's still available. In fact, it's more available now than it was when it was actually on the on the air. Because it was on once a day then, but now you can you can get up at three in the morning and watch an episode of Mister Rogers' Neighborhood by going to your computer. So exactly. it's, it's available around the clock, and well, exactly. it should be. <laughs> exactly. Now another. Now the same buddy wants to know about two people you may have worked with, Mister Bob Trow. Yes. And Bob Trow. Bob Trow. Yes. Yes, and Mister um, Baker. Oh. Oh no, Barker! I think it. Barker, uh, sorry, yes. Barker. Yeah, Bill Barker was the voice of the platypus, and Bill Barker was one of Fred's closest friends. And he was a he wasn't a he was a minister actually, and but he 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 and Fred were such close friends that he came in every so often and and played the part of. Uh, Bill, Doctor Bill Platypus, on the program, mm. and and uh, sadly, uh, uh, Bill Barker passed away about about ten years ago. As did Bob Tro, which was the first question. Uh-huh. Uh, Bob Tro played Bob Dog, and he did the voice of Harriet Cow, and he was a uh, uh, a radio personality here in Pittsburgh for years, and did all types of voices on a morning program called Ridge Cordic, which was a big morning program on KDKA radio way back in the the 50s. And Bob Trow was so funny. He had a special character he called Brunhilde. And that became the voice of uh, Harriet the Cow that Bob Bob Trow used. But he was a delightful man, as was Bill Barker in their own ways. Uh, Bill Barker was a, a very serious man, but had a wonderful sense of humor that he and Fred Rogers, by the way, had a great sense of humor and he loved Bob Tro's sense of humor. And all of these people, it's, you're bringing all these, these names from the past, which just uh, gets me going because it's, it's, it, it, they were so wonderful memories working with all these people and the, and the, uh, actually good times we had together doing the program there wasn't any uh any bickering or jealousy or it was just a a good time and i think that's a positive sign because adults having a good time making a program for children i think that was uh so satisfying and i think we did a a wonderful job making mr rogers neighborhood for children and families Mm-hmm. And that's going back to what you said earlier. That's when you know it wasn't a job. 
it was a passion. Yeah. Yes, it was. It was. You're 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 right. It was a passion, and that's why I stayed all those years. I I did not want to move on because I loved what I was doing so much. And the other thing of being Mr. McFeely, and and it gave me a chance not only when we were taping to be on the program, but I did a lot of visits around the country. I've been to every state in the union now, visiting uh, different. Uh, events, different public television stations, and I've met so many people, and it's just, it was so rewarding. And some mm-hmm. of the people I, I'm still in touch with, uh, people at public stations I've become friends with, and it it was so rewarding. And I, I'm sitting here telling you that, but it's, I don't know if it's, it, it, it's hard to put it in words, I guess what, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. It, it, it's It's emotional, too. Yes, we have one more question from yes. the audience. I don't know, um, I, did we cover this one or not? Did you create the voice of Don Quixote? Our buddy uh, Chris wants to know. No, I didn't. Do, I didn't do Don Quixote. Uh, Fred Rogers did that voice on on Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Now on the, I'm not sure the name of the actor who does the the voices now on the uh, the new series, but on Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. The puppet Don Quixote, Fred Rogers was the voice of the, that puppet, as he was for XDL and Henrietta and Daniel Tiger and King Friday. He did about eight voices, eight or nine voices. And Bob Dro did uh, Harriet the Cow. And uh, Bill Barker did the Platypus family. So, uh, no, I, I did not do any of the puppets, although I helped manipulate uh-huh. them. Fred only had two hands, <laughs> so he borrowed a few other hands, and we manipulate manipulate them behind the scenes, and he would talk for them. But I help move them sometimes. Mm-hmm. I I think I'm gonna cut off questions there because we're running out of time. But okay, thank you so so much for being a buddy here on One Four Three Day. It's an honor to have you back. It's an honor to have you as a buddy. You know, your friendship truly is appreciative to me and my fiance. It's always great to meet a childhood hero, and it's even better when you get to become their buddy. And so we can you. have, for our friendship, we can have Tim Bendig to thank for that because yes. he's the one who brought me to, to Erie, to the Erie Con or whatever the name was. Yep. And that's where we met you, and you were such a great help to us that day. Tim Tim marvels at uh, how helpful you were for us at our at our booth. So thank you for that, and that's where we met. And here we are now, buddy casting. Yep, <laughs> my duty, my pleasure, and look where it leads to. It's okay. all all in service, you know. Well, yeah. our so we're signing off now. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Yeah. Stick around for a minute after our theme song. We'll chat for a quick second. But, okay. But before yes. we do that, I'm going to count to three, and we're both going to say speedy delivery, and then you can finish up, okay? Sounds here good. Here we go. One, two, three. Speedy, speedy delivery. delivery. <laughs> all righty. Thank you so much. For all my buddies out there, this is my buddy, David Newell, a.k.a. Mr. McFeely. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. Please, on one, four, three day, go be buddies. Go, go love each other. That's what today's about, love. And Mr. McFeely, I got one favor to ask you, as yes. always, before we close out the show, which is whatever you do today, tomorrow, next week, next month, or heck, next year, go be someone's buddy. I will. I'll start okay. with 
with you, buddy. One, you four, got three. It. You <laughs> got delivery. it. Yes. We'll catch you all next time here on everybody's favorite show, Buddy Cast. Bye bye. When the days are going fast, buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last. Buddy, buddy, before they've all gone fast, buddy, buddy, tune in to Buddy Cast. No, don't feel like it could make it, buddy, here on Buddy Cast.